out the actual seats. And then, and then um, outside the scene, they had this like giant lawn area. Yeah, I was there for a uh, for a country concert. No way. Yeah, somebody had some free tickets, and they took us with them. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't as. I got to be careful here, I guess, <laughs> since we're recording now. But um, oh. it wasn't what I was expecting. Let me just say that. Well, what were you expecting? I actually with a enjoyed country concert. Some of it, so I will just say that. Who who was it? Uh, Brooks and Dunn were like the big for the you know the feature, and the then headliner. they had like Montgomery Gentry, Gentry and uh, Gretchen Wilson were before them. So do you do you actually like country music? No. Okay. Me no, neither. I'm no. really not a country music fan. No, I'm not either. But uh, they were we free. had the opportunity to go, and it was it was a cool experience. But I I got to see the amphitheater. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, were you on the lawn? Or? Yes, yeah. on the lawn. So uh, anyway, it was. So yeah, when when we got there, um, got there early. You know, waited in line for the doors to open. Everyone rushed on uh, onto the lawn. And uh, we we were probably, um, you know, in, in terms. I mean, it's not really rows because everyone just kind of sits wherever they right. they can find a seat. But I would say we were probably about the third row uh, in from you know probably about ten ten feet away from the uh, uh, the actual um, fenced area where cool. where the rest of the the premier seating. Yeah. That's cool. All the the chosen the favored people <laughs> sit. Are the people who just like spending a lot of money on Pay stuff like money. that. I would say though, you know, there there is something to be said about. Um, I mean, if the price difference isn't that much, uh, buying an actual confirmed seat versus a general admission, because uh, the people who had confirmed seats, I mean, they just kind of strolled in right at seven o'clock, you know, right when the concert starts, right? Because it is not they don't have to like get there at you know four thirty. You don't I, have to fight the stampede. Yeah. 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 So there is an advantage to that. But hey, let's do something different. Yes. Let's jump right into the topic. Whoa. That's how about different. That? Yeah. So, uh, so. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't know what to do. So um, so we were going to talk last time and uh, it kind of morphed into a little bit different discussion. So yeah. we, we held it good. on for this time. But um, talking about... Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about mm. community, meaningful relationships, connection, kind of connection, connection within the worship arts yeah, ministry. You know, the, the reason why I brought this up as a topic, you know, as David and I were kind of talking before we started recording um, this afternoon, I, I was meeting with um, with a guy for lunch. And this is a, a guy, an older gentleman, um, who attends our church, and he used to be a worship pastor for um, a number of years, uh, twenty some odd years. He was in the ministry, and and uh, you know he's actually leading worship for me in in a few weeks. And we were chatting about the service and kind of talking about what he's going to be doing and what his plans are. And, you know, I've, I've met with him a number of times, and, and I'm always struck because every time we meet, um, you know, he, he uh, one of his big things, one of his big emphasis is the idea of, um, of having 
connections within our worship service and, and actually connecting with one another as a community of believers and you know to to the extreme where he he wishes that American churches or evangelical churches in general um, you know we that we would all sit in a circle and, and have circular seating you know typically you have a stage in the front of the auditorium or sanctuary whatever you call it and then all the seating is kind of designed to be facing towards the stage and his thing is you know why not why not have you know maybe like a little center area in the middle and everyone just circles around it and you know he he's told me you know when you do that you you're looking in the person you know across from you you're looking in their eyes you guys are there's something about that that emotional connection when when you worship in community together and he has a lot of other you know kind of uh, wild and different and and cool ideas, mm-hmm. but but that's one of his big things, and it just it just always strikes me because I don't think I often think in that way. Like I definitely wanted to have community in my worship, and on my worship team, one of my goals this year was to build community within our team and to build communal worship. So it's definitely something that I I am working towards. But he always just kind of has such a fresh different way of thinking about it that always strikes me and makes me kind of go, huh, I should try that someday. Yeah. That's something we're working towards too, but man, it's hard because, you know, you got every weekend you've got to do something. Yeah. And so you've got, you have to be ready every weekend to do what you're supposed to do on that weekend. And so that, that always ends up you know, monopolizing the time and we just end up not having time to to ask people to come in and give up an extra, you know, another day, another evening or another mm. to, for the, at least, I'm just thinking about the worship team in general, not the church as a whole, but, but to just, you know, for the worship team to build that kind of community is just a huge challenge. Yeah. And, yeah. But I but I definitely think it's something, you know, I've been been thinking a lot about uh how we run the worship ministry kind of I kind of do that in August, I think. It's kind of become a yearly thing where I stop and think about how we're doing things and like the systems and what's working and what's not working and and one of the things that's definitely not working is that is community is really, you know, building relationships and mm. You know, we still just have a bunch of people who, who serve. There are there are people who have built relationships. Uh, it's not like we just have a bunch of individuals, but there are people who are struggling to build relationships, and there's just not enough time to do that in rehearsal or on the weekend whenever we're right. doing a worship service. And so, but I think it's, you know, I think it's so important because I I really think that if we can. If we can get people to build good relationships on the in the worship arts ministry, then that will fuel their commitment to the worship arts ministry. So when we get to months like the summer, June, July, and August months where people are gone, they feel a little more pressure to not be gone so much because they're gone not because they're gonna let me or the church down, but because they're gonna let their friend down that they built this right. relationship well, we've, with. We've talked about that before, the idea of having buy in and mm-hmm. having your team experience buy in, you know, where where they, they feel ownership, you know, they, they feel kind of a sense of pride. 
almost like, hey, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an integral part in making this work. And I think going back to what I was saying earlier um, uh, about worshiping in community and, and having connection, um, you know, I, I think that same idea can be uh, transferred to an entire church. You know, like like what would it look like for a church to to um, have that kind of relational community where where everyone you know everyone knows each other and and you know you you would almost be disappointed if you missed church because. Uh, you, you might miss out on something. We need a little radical here. Okay. Um, it could be possible. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that we shouldn't worship as a body and have good teaching as a body. But I'm saying, could it be that if we made more time on a regular basis, like every weekend? at our worship services or whatever it is that we're doing that if we actually had time that's not that's not before or after or the 2 minute meet and greet in the middle of the service but some way to facilitate some sort of community mm. actually as, dur- at, during a, a worship service yeah during a worship gathering yeah. and you know or whatever you want to call it but just something that you know i think we get we gets all hung up on this. Well, we have to we have to get people to this point in worship, and we have to teach them this amount of material, or to to be a biblical church, or to be an evangelical church, or whatever it is. But but at the same time, we're not we're not doing anything to facilitate community in our worship services. And you know, just a like a you know, we do a five minute a five-minute uh, welcome time between the worship and the message here. And it gives, you know, gives people a few minutes to to uh, to talk to the people around them and half the like people... Like you actually have five minutes during your worship service? Yeah. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. It's, well, it's four or five minutes, basically one song that we play, you know, from the sound booth. But it's... But, you know, people do talk... But, you know, by two or three minutes in, probably half or so of the people have sat down and they're just waiting for us to get on with the service. And and then, you know, the rest will continue talking and it'll slowly die down to where, you know, there's only a handful left at the last minute, you know. But but how much meaningful community can you build in, in five, five minutes. minutes, yeah, and yeah, we want people to come before and do it, and we want people to stay afterwards and do it. But there's, you know, three fourths of them don't do that. You know, only five percent of the people come before and do that, and only twenty percent of the people stay afterwards and do that. The rest of them are, you know, they they come for church and then they scatter quick. You know, at mm-hmm. least that's the way it is here for us. And so it's, you know, so how else are we going to? get people to build community and we have well we have grow groups or small groups or whatever and that's you know that's a really important thing for us and and i think the those that do get into them do find more meaningful relationships there but you know it's just how do we i I think we need to be a little more creative about how we build community Hmm. on a regular basis in our weekend services and that's and that's kind of what this uh, gentleman, you know, every time I meet with him, he kind of shares a, a new idea, um, you know, things he's done or things he wishes would happen in evangelical churches. And uh, 
you know, last week we um, we had a couple in our our congregation who was celebrating their 70th anniversary. Wow. 7-0. They've been married for 70 years. And, uh, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be, man, if I actually live to be 70, I'm going to be happy, you know, <laughs> um, let alone being married for 70 right. years. And so anyway, during, during the service, you know, Pastor Mike, he, he kind of honored them and, and, you know, we, we all clapped and, oh, you know, that's neat. But uh, what what uh, this guy was saying to me as we met for lunch was, you know, how how cool would it be if if every every time there is some kind of a milestone in our church, we we recognize that or we honor that because that gives people in our church the chance to, um, you know, almost build community with, without having to. You know, because you may not know that John and Nell, you know, you may not know John and Nella Tharp, and you may not know that they're married for seventy years, but you see that kind of thing, and and you're like, wow, like I want to, I want to get to know them, and it, it's almost by doing that, you're kind of engaging community uh, in, in a whole different way. And so, you know, what what he was sharing with me at lunch was. Um, you know, celebrating milestones. I mean, j- just like they did in Old Testament times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he used the example of how they would, you know, erect stone monuments, and 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 they did those as reminders and and things for the community. You know, the Israelites were traveling together, and they were always in community, whether you know whether they were nomadic or whether they actually were settled down. You know, they they were always doing things in structured community. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the frustrations is you know we we read about these people that have this community in the Bible, and you know in the New Testament in the same the same way you know they 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 lived in community. We don't live in community, right? <laughs> you know we don't have. It's not like you know we all live within a four block radius of the church, and everyone that you know lives in that four block radius goes to the same church, and we all know each other, and we all. You know, yeah. we all share in each other's lives every day in a, you know, a meaningful, you know, time extensive kind of way. I mean, when you think about those groups, they that was what they did. You know, they however they were living, whether they were, you know, whether they were traveling and and pitching a tent for the night or mm-hmm. whether they were living in, in their houses. And, you know, after, you know, after Jesus had been around for a while, you know, they they lived in, they actually lived in community. And so they spent probably, you know, like what, 30 or 40% of their week or more with, with people that they, that were other believers that they would also go to worship with. And they, so it was different, you know, but here we have what, two hours out of the week that we do that. You know, you have maybe three Maybe three hours if you're lucky. You get yeah, not, your not worship even. service in a small group and you know whatever else. Yeah, and, and that's assuming there. people are actually involved. Yeah, and so there's no, you know, with that, you know, thinking about our worship team and that that level of commitment that we'd like to have. Mm-hmm. Imagine that at a, at a churchwide level, if there was a way to create that kind of community where where people would feel like they would be missed when they were gone, then they, they would be less likely to be, to miss. They wouldn't miss as much, you know, like, so through the summer when we drop 150 or 200 people in attendance, okay. it might not be quite as drastic for those two or three months of the summer because people would, well, if I, if I'm not here, then I'm letting, 
this group of people down who are expecting me to be there to fellowship, you know? And so, yeah, I don't know. I think we do need to be more proactive about it. And I think, you know, I think we need to be more proactive about it in a, in a non, and a way that isn't like we've always done it before. Yeah. And we're going to have to change something if we want it to work. Well, and, and that, that's, what's always so kind of, different and and refreshing you know when whenever i meet with this guy and um you know he uh uh, his name's warren and he uh you know just kind of has such a a different view of of, uh doing community you know everything from uh setting setting our our um our seating in a circle and you know one idea he he was sharing with me today um you know, having having a prayer time. I mean, obviously we pray. You know, in church, and obviously you know all prayer. Pastor Mike does, but it's not very often that we have the congregation pray. And and he was saying, you know, how how neat would that be to have uh, people in the congregation pray, or maybe even um, have a designated time in your service where it is it's a community prayer time. And, and people actually just kind of, you know, maybe maybe you have uh, different, you know, prayer areas. You know, you have an elder uh, in the back or off to the side and, and, and you, you know, you, you take you take time during your service and people can go get prayer. Um, and then at the end, you actually have people standing up and and uh, um, saying, hey, you know, be praying for me for this. Um, and, you know, pat, and whoever's by them, just kind of reach out a hand, you know, lay a hand on them pastor prays for them you know things like that which which i typically wouldn't think of doing because um you know it, it can be intimidating for people or it can be a little scary mm-hmm. but you know if you do that enough and if it becomes normal if people know to expect it and they know to expect hey this is a time where where we kind of have this community so to speak well that's the thing you know we write off so many of those kind of ideas Right. Instantly. Like, we like, don't oh, even... Oh, yeah, that would never work. That would yeah, never work. Yeah, we don't even stop to actually think about, well, like you said, you know, it might be weird at first, but if it's a value that we want people to have, it won't be weird after, you know, six or eight months or a year of doing it. Yeah. And people will then appreciate it and probably want to participate if they have if they have something they need prayer for and they want the whole body to pray for them, then, you know, then that would be a perfect opportunity, you know, but, but because it's outside of our normal modus operandi or whatever it is, modus operandi. Um, we don't, we don't even stop to think about it. We just write it off and just go on with what we've always been doing, even though what we've always been doing is getting us exactly what we've been getting. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's Andy Stanley or John Maxwell or something says something like that. If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. You know? <laughs> and that's true. You know, it's that's uh, very true for everything in life. You know, if you're wanting to lose weight, but you don't change anything about your workout or eating habits, then you're going to stay exactly like you are. Yeah. If you want to grow in relationship with God, but you don't do anything different, you'll get what you've always gotten. And, and we do that in church. You know, we, we get what we've always gotten because we, we think it's too risky for some reason to, to try this or that. Well, you know, and, and community is such an important thing. And, you know, you, you said just a minute ago, David, uh, if, if community is something we value as churches, and I know for us at Laurelwood, 
you know, that's something that we talk about a lot. And we, you know, we really ascribe to the fact that, you know, this is a family focused church and, 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 you know, we, we want people in small groups and we want people connecting. Um, you know, we don't want people just coming and to church, sitting down and leaving. Uh, but, you know, as Warren was meeting with me this afternoon, you know, I mean, he was saying how many people like, you know, that's what it is. They, they come to church, they sit down, they do the worship service, they leave a week later, they come and do it again. Um, and, and, and if we are being serious about community, um, then maybe there are some of those things we can do. And, you know, and it's not, it's not, a um, it's not one of those guilt people into, you know, whatever, like, like we, we, we aren't here to manipulate. We aren't here to, you know, try to lay a big guilt trip. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think we all long for that relationship. I mean, I, I really think God has wired all of us to have relationships. You know, like living in isolation just is not a fun thing. Right. And yeah, I think uh, I think God has designed us to live in community, and that's why. The, you know, that's a one reason why those stories are in the Bible. You know, we're we're stronger when we're together. We're mm. we sharpen each other when we're together. We can't sharpen each other if we're not rubbing shoulders with each other. Right. And so, you know, I think it's I think it's highly important. But but at the same time, if it's so important, and and I and I do, I mean. I know we we we've moved in the realm of small groups like almost every church in North America has moved into doing that to to help facilitate yeah. community and and it's good. I'm not saying that it's not good, but I don't think it's enough. I don't think that is going to meet all of the community needs mm. that we have. So so as we wrap up this discussion, what are what are some uh, suggestions? What are some takeaways? I mean, I, you know, I kind of shared a few things Warren uh, mm-hmm. talked with me about, and um, you know, some some maybe different ideas, uh, doing things that intentionally will connect our church bodies together with each other. Um, you know, what what are some ideas you have? Well, I think the biggest idea I could offer is to is to not shut ideas down yeah <laughs> when someone comes up with an idea give it some thought you know and and i'm not even talking in the same meeting to give it some thought i'm i'm talking give it a couple of weeks to let it you know kind of stew and fester in your mind a little bit and mm-hmm. and then come back and talk about it and see if you can figure out a way to to make it work but you know like i like those ideas you were sharing i just think i just think if it's a if it's a priority like we claim it is then we need to show that it's a priority and and you know i think we really need to make it happen in our weekend services you know for one how are we how are we going to get people convinced that they need to develop more community and go to a grow group if they don't feel like they're building any community when they do come to church. But if they start building relationships and say, Hey, this is good. I want more of this. Then where do I go to find that? Oh, we happen to have this already in place where you can go and find more of what you are, what you are liking. But if they never experience that on a, you know, at all on any scale on the weekend service, then then what what are the chances that they're going to go find it? 
Right. You know what I mean? Because right. it's just not a value. They have their relationships. They have their friends outside of church that they've already been living life with up to this point. And so, so I think we just have to make time for it and we have to find ways to incorporate it. And even if it's weird at first, I think we need to, to work at it and try it and, and yeah. go with it. Yeah. And if we fail, then gives us something to learn from to try something different for the future. Yep, I agree. So, I agree. Good, uh, good discussion. Good discussion. You I, 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 you know, I got a one, one other quick idea that that I um that I had was, uh, and this is actually a simple one. Maybe not as threatening if you're if you are a worship pastor or you're at a church and you're trying to find ways to maybe build more of this community. Um, here's an idea I came up with uh, not too long ago. I haven't tried it yet, so I don't know if it is non-threatening, but um, you know, just doing something, I, I think all of us, uh, when, when we're at church, we, we enjoy and we appreciate when we can get to know our, our brothers, our sisters in, in meaningful ways. And that's part of community. And I think we can all agree, you know, when, when you hear uh, a testimony, when you hear something that God's been doing in someone's life. Uh, you resonate with that and, and maybe you see this person at church maybe you know their name maybe you don't even know their name but when you hear him share you know hey here's what i've been going through here's what god's been doing here here's how he's been made real to me um so one idea i had was um during a worship service you know maybe instead of doing uh maybe instead of doing like five six songs maybe it's doing like a couple or no songs and having like an open mic time where people just come share what God is doing, uh, how God's been working. Obviously, there is some risk involved because you know you, you might you never know what someone's going to say. There is some risk involved, and I'm I don't know I might be out stepping out of my bounds as a worship pastor to say something like this. But I think it's I think if I think it's got to be a sacrifice on everybody's part. So like I don't think I think it's a great idea. I don't think you should give up all your worship time to do to do the fellowship time and then and still have the full length preaching time mm. you know what i mean like i'm i'm going down a i'm going down a dangerous road here i know slippery slope but um but i think you know i think it's if it's if it's really a value then then we all then we all compromise we all we all cut to make room for this and so, you know, I think I think doing like an open mic thing would be fantastic. But maybe I in lieu of a sermon, you know, yeah. ha- have that instead. You know, we've actually done we have done that at Laurelwood. We did that twice, where instead of uh, Pastor Mike getting up and, and sharing a message from the Bible, uh, we had one gentleman who um, his his son was di- diagnosed with cancer at the age of four. And uh, for the last two years, they've been going through just this amazing journey. I mean, a lot of downs, but a lot mm-hmm. of ups. And we, uh, um, you know, we, we spent the entire morning uh, basically listening to him. And, and he kind of shared um, the story of his son, Grant. And uh, he shared the, the journey they've been on. And it was really powerful, you know. And uh, I think those kind of things could be just as meaningful because now here's a guy who went to Laurelwood for like nine years and never really did much. You know, he's never really stepped up in ministry. He's never really served whatever. And now after doing that, he he's he's realizing 
almost kind of the bigger picture of things, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, people are now recognizing him at church and, oh, man, you know, how's your son doing? Yeah. Any better? And now, like, he's engaging in church and ministry and community. And just by simply sharing, you know, a 30-minute testimony, um, yeah, I think those can be powerful. Carrying each other's burdens. Yeah, Galatians, yeah. Uh, Gal- what is that, Galatians 6? Uh, six two or two six or something like that. <laughs> yeah, bear one another burden and so yeah. fulfill the law of Christ. So, good stuff. Good. Well, let's hope our senior pastors don't listen to that. <laughs> Just, uh. kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, worship ministry catalyst. You can get in touch with us online, worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can send us an email to David at Worship Ministry Catalyst or Kevin at Worship Ministry Catalyst. That's C A T A L Y. I never know how to spell it. How you spell Catalyst? dot com. And you can join in on the conversation on our social network. You can also upload your worship songs that you've written or arranged and uh, whatever is legal for you to upload you can upload over at worshipministrycatalyst.ning.com we've got some music up there already from yep. uh, some of the guys in the network including uh, Kevin and I have some stuff So, yeah. but it's not just us we have other guys that have some stuff so go check that out and uh, thanks for listening we hope to talk to you again soon bye bye